my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. Our big questions for this week, did Jesus really exist? Is Jesus more than just a great moral teacher? Did he really rise from the dead? Yesterday we looked at, does the resurrection matter anyway? And today, is Jesus the only way to salvation? Our co-host today is Pastor David Butcher. David's the president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia. Welcome, David. It's great to have you here again. Good to be here too, Gary. You're one of our favourite presenters. (laughs) Tell me, David, how's your week been? Yeah, look, it's been interesting, this whole COVID thing. I was meant to be in Melbourne for meetings for a couple of days this week. Instead, I was sitting in front of a screen for um, 8.30 to 5.30, Monday to Wednesday. Not quite 5.30 Wednesday, uh, on Zoom. Goodness me, you deserve a medal. Or something like that. How, how, how do you come off it at the end of the day? I mean, do you sleep well? Yeah, look, it, it, pretty vague. I, we had a one-hour lunch break on a couple of the days, and so I sort of got on my bike and put in 20K and got back in time for the next round. David, I am just so impressed. That is very good. That is impressive. Uh, tell me something. Uh, do you have a bucket list of post-COVID jobs? Oh, look, it's probably more um, maintenance, renovations on the house. And, um, yeah, look, I'd like to get back to the swimming pool and do laps. Now, we can do that in South Australia at the moment, but I think it's only um, 10 or 20 people in the pool at in pools at the one time, and only one per lane, so pretty limiting. Uh, David, if you can find a swimming pool open in South Australia in the middle of winter, I take my hat off to you. Indoor. Indoor, indoor. No, that's, uh, that's really good. It's, uh, it's wonderful to hear. I, uh, I understand a lot of people are actually spending a lot of money on, uh, work around the house. They can't travel at the present time. So that seems to be a real priority in the lives of many people. Oh, look, it is. And, um, yeah, some, it's interesting. Some professions and some trades are extremely busy at this time, aren't they? They certainly are. They certainly are. Uh, getting a good tradesman uh, can take a little bit of time at the, at the present time. Yeah. Uh, folks, let's come to some music. This is, uh, the Fountain View Academy. This is a beautiful song, a champion of love. Gentlemen, may I have your attention? I want to introduce to you in this corner of the good and the right stands a champion robed in white. His height exceeds the heavens, his weight outweighs the world, his reach reaches everywhere, his age is ever. Reigns from above 
his hometown to enter this arena to raise his hands in victory for me. An angry crowd crucified this king who wore their crown, and they gladly watched their champion going down. Oh, but I will never count him out, for I'm a witness of the day. music group that's fountain view academy champion of love uh, one of my uh, my favorite uh, music groups uh, welcome again to faith fm drive time big q and a with pastor gary our co-host today is pastor david butcher uh, david's the president of the seventh day adventist church in south australia and this week we're asking did jesus really exist is jesus more than just a great moral teacher did he really rise from the dead and doesn't matter anyway but today we're coming to that biggest of all questions is jesus the only way to salvation but before we move to that question we must share with you an update on world religious trends you know my friends the religious world is changing before our eyes these are trends that can't be ignored i believe we need to be aware of these it was just a few days ago the uh it Uh, the United Methodist Church, one of the largest Protestant denominations in the United States, announced that they had rescheduled their meeting to split the denomination. The Religious News Service reported this. The United Methodist Church has rescheduled its general conference for 2021. The general conference, during which delegates from across the globe Globe are expected to discuss a proposal to split the denomination over the inclusion of LGBTQ members. In the uh, the article went on to say, bishops and leaders of the number of United Methodist groups have announced the proposal to split the United Methodist Church. The proposals call the Protocol on Reconciliation and Grace through Separation. It would create a new conservative, traditionalist Methodist denomination and a second, more contemporary Methodist denomination. Pressure to split 
one of the largest denominations in the United States, has grown since last year's special session of the United Methodist Conference approved the so-called traditional plan at which the church banned the ordination of and marriage of LGBTQ United Methodists. This, this is a significant action given the size of this particular denomination in the United States. Now, David, what are your thoughts on, on this action? I mean, in an age when the majority of the Christian world is preaching unity, how do we deal with this contemporary disunity? What's your thinking? And that is becoming more and more evident, isn't it? Yeah. Look, essentially, uh, we are to preach the truth the Bible says in love. Now, unity is fine if it's based on truth. But when truth is compromised, when it comes into question, uh, truth has to supersede unity. And there are a number of instances in the Gospels, Gary, that, that highlight this. And maybe if we look at Matthew chapter 10... Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 to 36. Mm-hmm. It says there, Do not think that I came, I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. Now, it's interesting that there's no mention of son-in-laws and mother-in-laws. But anyway, that's beside the point. (laughs) That's beside the point. But this is what Jesus says. And you would think that Jesus coming to preach the truth would bring unity. Mm. But what he's actually saying here is that he comes as love, he comes in unity, but the truth actually divides. And it divides homes, it divides households, it divides parents from siblings. This is actually a really radical thought, David, because one of the things I'm really conscious of is the entire Christian world today is actually preaching a uh, almost a, a unity in diversity type, type theme. And yet what you're presenting here is something that comes from the scriptures. I mean, that verse that you read is one that I, you know, very rarely hear presented in, uh, in most of the theological discussions concerning unity. And really, you can't ultimately have unity if it goes against truth. You can't have unity and diversity if if there is a different truth. Open that out a little bit more. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying is if you compromise the word of God for the sake of unity, then you've lost the truth. You've lost the word of God. Mm. So currently, if we have so many different Christian denominations, and uh, on some accounts, some suggest in the United States, over 30,000 Christian groups, um, they all, many of them preach completely different things. Mm. So are they preaching the truth or are they not? And so if they come together on a platform of unity, what are they giving up? Yeah, yeah. Um, just for the sake of uh, supposedly being tolerant, being loving, providing a united front. Now, all the way through the Gospels, if you look at Jesus, um, Jesus, uh, wherever he goes, there is a trail of, um, of uproar, of discontent, of uh, elation. Mm. Uh, you have complete diverse mixed emotions happening whenever Jesus speaks, whatever he does. Yeah. Yeah. Truth divides. That's, a, that's an incredibly challenging thought. For us today, because, you know, the thing that 
I'm conscious of Christ's prayer for unity in the Gospel of John. John, Christ has prayed that unity might occur between himself and his believers, uh, between believers. And yet we also see at the same time that apparently Christ preaches and teaches and says that, hey, truth itself is actually going to divide. It's really important here to not sacrifice this thing called truth. Jesus says in John 17 that, you know, I am the father of one. Yeah. Now, what are they one in? They're one in truth. They're one of the same purpose. They com- Jesus communed with his Father on a daily basis to mm. be connected. Mm. How can you be connected? Um, and we're talking about various different uh, denominations splitting or whatever. Um, how can you be connected um, and unified if the message that you're speaking is completely different? And I guess that gets further exacerbated, as we might talk about after, when you're looking at Christian religions, uh, denominations, as compared with other religions. Mm, mm. And I think I think you actually make a very valid point there, David, because I know one time I, I actually had the privilege to, to – I went to the uh, Parliament of World Religions when it was in, in Melbourne. Now, it wasn't because I agreed with the philosophy behind the Parliament of World Religions, but I just wanted to see uh, what was actually being presented. Mm. And one of the things that stood out to me was that amongst world religions, there was a coming together between world religions – and even Christianity. And it really mystified me how people who, for example, worshipped many gods could actually have unity with a group of people who said there's only one God. And I started to question, is there something missing here? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, in Mark chapter 7, Jesus, uh, the uh, Pharisees come to Jesus and they say, look, don't your disciples follow our laws with the washing of hands, uh, ceremonial washing of hands before they eat? And Jesus basically tells them that um, they disregard the commandments of God for the commandments of men. Yeah. In yeah. other words, they're putting man's teachings, man's doctrines, humanity's doctrines above that of the word of God. Mm. And so if we have different Christian denominations today believing different things, but then seeking a, a, a platform of unity, what are they actually giving away? What are they compromising on? Yeah. It, just tradition or truth? Yeah. If it's tradition, then that can be considered. But if they're compromising on truth, and most denominations will claim that they follow the word of God and they claim truth. Mm. So what are they actually unifying on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These these are big and challenging questions. In fact, David, we're going to be spending an entire week on this in just a uh, in just a little while. We're just wait, wetting people's appetites at the present time because I'm conscious that this is a huge subject and one that we have to dig into because our religious world is changing in such a way that we have to look at exactly where it is actually going at this point. Absolutely, this is a hot topic. It's a hot topic. Indeed, uh, really looking forward to actually being able to do that with you and with your listeners. That'll be in just a, just a few weeks' time. Uh, but right now, please enjoy the Easter hymns band. This is from heaven you came. It's called the Servant King. Uh, love this praise. From heaven you came, helpless king, entered our world. 
this is our God, the servant King. He calls us now to will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Pastor David Butcher. David's the president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia. This week we've been talking about Jesus. Did he really exist? Is he more than just a great moral teacher? Did he really rise from the dead? Does the resurrection matter anyway? But today we're asking, is Jesus the only way to salvation? So let's come to that really big uh, question. David, uh, 
tell us, you know, is Jesus the only way to salvation? You know, many people would say that that's actually quite an arrogant belief. Yeah, and they would, and particularly in our Western culture, not so much in the Eastern world where mm-hmm. things can be clearly right or wrong. But I want to just wind that back a fraction, the question of exclusivity and arrogance. Um, I guess the answer is, and let's just take Christianity off, off the fire from it, off, off the, the hot pile. Um, Christianity is not the only religion that, exclaims, that claims exclusivity. Let me share with you. Muslims, they believe that uh, the Quran is basically the consummate miracle of their faith. And they believe that it is only truly recognizable in Arabic. And to translate it into anything else, desacredizes, if you like, the, the Quran. So it's exclusive. Uh, Buddhism, uh, they rejected two of the fundamental teachings of the Hindus. And so they're exclusive. Hinduism teaches in karma. Uh, the law of moral cause and effect, and also reincarnation. So they're exclusive, and they wouldn't give them up for anything. Sikhism came into existence because it challenged both Hinduism and Buddhism. Uh, what about Baha'ism? I know some wonderful Baha'i people. They encompass everything, all faiths. And if they encompass all faiths, what they're then doing is rejecting those that are exclusive. It's a, real, mel- it's a real melting pot, isn't it? And then you've got atheists. Well, they reject everybody. So they're exclusive. So I, I think we need to be careful in, in how we talk about this. Um, I guess other people think that all religions are basically the same. Well, they're not. The monotheistic religions, um, Christianity, Judaism, um, Islam, um, they believe in a personal God, whereas um, uh, Hindus and um uh, Hindus and Buddhism, they believe in an impersonal God, a God that can't be known. So how can there be unity? How can they all be the same? Mm-hmm. So there has to be an exclusivity. And in one sense, if a group or religion claims to have the truth, they're actually making an exclusive claim. The minute they say something is not truth, they're not making something exclusive. Mm-hmm. They're actually saying it's an opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we need to be mindful that, I guess, if truth does not exclude, then no assertion of a truth claim is being made, and it's just, as I said, it's just a mere opinion. Um, so to deny an exclusive truth claim is actually um, the very... Sorry, to, to make an exclusive cl- truth claim is actually to have a dead-set opinion on something, the belief that you're rock-solid, you're correct in what you believe. Yeah, yeah. It actually comes to one of the, the laws of laws of logic because what the laws of logic say that the moment that you say something is true, then everything else by their nature has to be excluded. I think it's the second law of logic there that just simply says if something is true, then everything else has to be excluded because it is true. It is false. You can't have the two together. And we struggle with that in our contemporary culture. An apologist, uh, Walter Martin, he said this, truth by definition is exclusive. If truth were all inclusive, nothing would be false. And certainly for the culture that we're currently living in, that is incredibly powerful because it's possible to go to most universities and what you find is that there are many parts
paths to one truth. So I might go to a faculty and maybe in, in social work, for example, there might be many different views of a particular truth. But of course, once we're starting to deal with revealed truth, which is what you actually get within the Christian scriptures, Absolutely. it starts to change the dynamic significantly because it's not a truth that has been discovered by humanity, which may change over time, but rather it's truth that has been revealed through a supernatural God to humanity. And that puts the truth in a different category. Completely different category. Completely different. And I guess this goes back to our prior conversation not long not long ago, that um, if you are... Um, if you are watering down revealed truth, if you're compromising that for the sake of unity, what, where do you stand? Yeah. Where do you stand? So um, Christianity is both exclusive and also inclusive. And in our culture, I think we find that word exclusive as a, as a negative. And yet, when it comes to my marriage vows, what have I actually committed? You've been Exclusive. I've been exclusive. Mm. That I will um, make a commitment to my spouse, to my wife, to love her and nobody else. She will be exclusive to me. My love for her will be exclusive. Mm. Uh, when it comes to our English language, um, it's quite exclusive in some of it. It's grammar. I mean, if, if I said with a past tense, I went to France last year um, and, and I changed that tense to be inclusive, the whole thing could be... You might not understand the sentence. It wouldn't make sense. So it's okay in some people's minds to be exclusive in our culture. But for some reason, when it comes to religion and Christianity, well, that's a no-go area. We have to Mm. be all-inclusive. All religions lead to the one place. All Christian denominations lead to the same place. But that's not true. And, and, and this belief that it doesn't matter too much what you believe because we're all going to end up in the same place um, is something that is, is really starting to damage uh, even Christian outreach, isn't it? It, it is. It is. And we'll, we'll get to that really shortly. But when, when, it, when it comes back to Christianity, it's revealed truth by supernatural power, as you said. And so there is this exclusive nature. And let me share that with you. Christianity is both exclusive and inclusive. It's inclusive when it comes to the human condition. In other words, it's a broad approach. Mm. Um, for instance, in Romans chapter 3, verse 10, um, the author there, Paul, says, um, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. He's inclusive of all humanity. It's mm. a broad approach. Mm. Uh, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, he says in Romans 3.23. Again, the message of Christianity is inclusive in the nature of human condition. And he doesn't exclude Christians here. This is actually a, a negative thing about all humanity, and it actually includes believers. believers. Absolutely. And, and he's speaking um, uh, to, to one group, and uh, mm. two groups actually, He's speaking to the Jewish Christians that think they're better. And then he's also speaking to the non-Jewish uh, Christians and the non-Jewish, the non-Jewish Powerful. world full stop. Powerful. So Christianity is inclusive when it comes to the human condition. However, Christianity is exclusive when it comes to the solution for humanity's dilemma, the sin problem. The Bible says in, in Romans chapter 6 that the wages of sin is death, and that's an eternal death. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
we come to this factor of an exclusive solution, and that's Jesus. And I guess two key verses for me. The first one um, that I'd like to talk about is Acts chapter 4, verse 12, the birth, if you like, of the Christian church. It is just birth not long before. And Acts chapter 4, verse 12, um, we read there, um, uh, Peter says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So here is an exclusive claim. And, and when you think of who he's actually speaking to, he's speaking to Jewish people who have be- a, a strong belief in Jehovah, the uh, the everlasting God, and yet Peter comes to them and he says, well, there's salvation in no one else but in Jesus Christ. And this was an anathema, a curse to the Jewish people. Right. I mean, they, 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 this is what they didn't want to hear. Yeah. yeah. So... so this claim, there is salvation in no one else. That's yeah. an exclusive claim. It's a narrow claim. Yeah. So yeah. broad in the sense of the first point that the human condition, Christianity teaches human condition is broad. All are sin. All have sinned, whether we're believers or not believers. Mm. Narrow, exclusive when it comes to the human solution. We've just read that text. The other key one, I think, is John chapter 14, verse 6, where Jesus says to his disciples on the night of his arrest, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, that's a pretty big statement. Yeah. I am the way. He's saying there is a path, and there is only one path. Yeah. I am the way. Yeah. He says, I am the truth. Mm. There is not multiple truths. I am the truth. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't say, I am a way. He says, I am the way. He doesn't say, I am a truth. He says, I am the truth. But this is, uh, this is hugely challenging, particularly to those of us who grow up and live in Western societies where, you know, there are multiple truths. I would suggest multiple gods out there. And it really doesn't matter what or where you, what you believe, you know, this is huge. That's true. And so and I guess maybe I should reserve my comment, but um, Christianity's claim that Jesus is exclusive or the answer of Jesus to the human dilemma is exclusive in that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that there is no other way to be saved but through him is an exclusive claim that some would say is arrogant, mm. but it's actually a message of love. Mm. Because Christianity says we're all lost without without being rescued, and the only rescuer, the only one that can save us, is is Jesus. Mm. Mm. I, I I like that. I I really like the analogy that you used just a little bit earlier, uh, likening it to the relationship with your with your wife. That this is actually an exclusive. When a, when two people are married, they actually come together in an exclusive relationship. What they're doing is they're saying, hey. I am excluding all others because there is something about this person that we are prepared to commit ourselves to. And we've, at that point, you know, I've got to ask, hey, is there something about Jesus Christ that differs from everybody, every other religion in this world? Absolutely. And the difference with Christianity and every other religion is this. All other religions are a, a do-it-yourself religion. It's, um, pardon the terminology, it's mm-hmm. go to Ikea and put it together yourself, <laughs> right? Christianity is not based on my effort 
or what I have to earn or do to become good. Mm. It is based on what God, this sovereign supernatural being, has done for me and is now offering me for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and when you look at what the claims in the New Testament actually are, I mean, you go through, you know, for example, Matthew's Gospel, and what you find there are these continual revelations of the supernatural God. You get a you get a baby who comes. Uh, given to a woman without a man being involved. You get Jesus Christ growing up, working miracles. He's able to say to a person with a withered arm, stretch it out, and it happens. No, over a period of time, but just instantaneously. He's able to say to a blind man, see, and he sees. I mean, he's able to, uh, to, to raise the dead, and then he's able to say, oh, I'm going to rest in a grave for, for three days. Now, after the grave, I'm going to come forth. Mm. Now, you know, these are, these are claims that, you know, I'm not aware of any other world religion that whose founder can make such remarkable claims and have them supported by the evidence that comes from that day. Absolutely. And so it's because of this that we need to have a message of exclusivity. The message is exclusive um, in the sense of that Jesus is the only way, but there is an inclusiveness there. And this is the third point. First point, uh, Christianity is inclusive in human condition. We're all sinners, Christians, non-Christians. It's exclusive in the answer. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one is saved but by coming through Jesus. But it is finally, it is inclusive in the results of that gift that everyone can access that gift of salvation. And I guess two connected verses, one that is the most well-known in in the Bible, and it's John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. The very next verse says this, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Mm -hmm. So Christianity is inclusive when it comes to the rescue package, that it's available for everyone. It's inclusive with the human condition. We're all sinners, but it's exclusive in the answer to it, and that is Jesus. He is the only answer. Yeah, yeah. That And that sort of brings things together in a very powerful way, doesn't it? It's inclusive. It's also exclusive. You've got the call is to every man and woman and child on this earth to please to to join in the to come onto the road of salvation. And this hurts modern culture. It hurts this postmodern mind where my own um, thoughts and feelings and my own experience is truth, but I will reject truth of organized religions and organizations. My own experience is what's valid. The Bible is saying the opposite. It's saying that there is ultimate truth in Jesus Christ, not Mm. my own personal experience. Now, as a Christian, as a believer, my experience uh, ends up being what the Bible says. As I join with Jesus and as I make an exclusive relationship with him, then that becomes my own experience, that he is the only way to salvation. He is yeah. the answer. Yeah, yeah. David, That uh, this, is, this is so powerful in what you're actually sharing here uh, because it gives, uh, it gives me incredible hope for the, for the future. Yeah, 
Let's come to some some music. This is uh, three B, three ABN music, and uh, we have heard and marching to Zion, uh, another uh, beautiful song of the Christian faith.
gets harder and the world gets worse, Jesus has the answers. Do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Pastor David Butcher. David's the president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia. And this week we've been dealing with the questions, did Jesus really exist? Is Jesus more than just a great moral teacher? Did he really rise from the dead? And does it matter anyway? Today, we're looking, is Jesus the only way to salvation? That question, it's so significant. Uh, David, tell us, what are the unique claims that Jesus makes that makes him exclusive? And look, there are many. And and so I guess this very question, um, by nature will make people see it as exclusive or as um, obnoxious or arrogant. But let me run through some of them. Jesus claims that he is the giver of eternal life, John chapter 10, verse 28. He calls himself the Son of Man, which, is, which comes from the book of Daniel, but is a reference to him being God. He says that he is one with the Father. And that's an amazing claim, isn't it? Because in his day, when Christ made that particular statement, there were a number of occasions where the religious leaders of the day picked up stones to, to stone him. And then on another occasion, they actually wanted to throw him off a, off a high cliff. That's true. And in Philippians chapter 2, uh, we read there where, um, where it said of Jesus that he didn't consider it robbery to be considered equal with God. Mm. So here are these claims that he makes. Um, he says in Mark chapter 2 verse 10 that he is the one who forgives sin. Yeah. yeah. Which is the Jews, as you said, they believe that to be, hey, he's committing blasphemy. He's claiming to be God. Well, that is the sole domain of God, isn't it? You know, I mean, certainly right through the New Testament, no man can forgive sin, no priest can can forgive sin, and nobody other than God alone can actually forgive sin. But when Jesus came, he came as the mediator, and he claimed to be able to forgive sin. This is why so many of the religious leaders of his day got so upset with him. They wanted to put him to death. They wanted to put him, to, wanted death. To, put him to death. And they were successful in the end, weren't they? They were. They didn't want any exclusive message. The trouble is, he decided he didn't want to stay in the grave, don't you like it? Yeah, something called the resurrection. <laughs> something the resurrection happened. Wow. So yeah. elsewhere, Jesus says, he says, I'm the light of the world. Yeah. Uh, John 8, verse 12. In John chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, we read there where Jesus says he will be the future judge. Mm. Now, that's a big claim. Yeah. It's a big claim. Um, he says in John chapter 10, verse 9, he says that he's the door of salvation. In John chapter 3, verses 14 to 16, we've read verse 16 where he says that he's the saviour. So these are very strong, bold claims. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know of any other religious leader of a world religion that has made those claims. Yeah, yeah. And and as um, C.S. Lewis pointed out we uh, on Monday, we, we looked at some of what C.S. Lewis uh, presented and he, he suggested that these are the sort of claims that are either true or the person who's making them is mad because you don't make 
these sorts of claims unless they are true. And if they are true, what's the evidence and can they be backed up? And they're not the sort of claims that followers who associated with him for three, three and a half years of disciples mm. were prepared to die for and did die for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, this, uh, these are the sorts of things that I, when I when we look at them, we start to say, hey, uh, these bring in the issue of an exclusive God who acted in humanity's behalf in sending his son in an exclusive manner, inviting people to salvation. You get this Inclusive. Invite, yeah. Invite. Yeah. Exclusive way. That's right. And that is the thing that our society struggles with so much today. It does. And I think some of the reasons why it struggles, one is this whole postmodernism like we've talked about, yeah. where truth is relative to my experience or my own reality mm-hmm. and a rejection of, of um, institutions, etc. Another one I think is why this is on the nose today, this message, is because of political correctness. We can't yeah. offend anyone. We can't upset anyone. And yet, you questioned me early on. Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 to 36, Jesus claims that, that truth will, will divide families. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and how many times have we actually seen that take place? Because that is the brutal reality. If, in fact, as there is something which is true, then that, by its very nature, excludes Everything else. Absolutely. Now, we also need to remember clearly, and I know we're both on the same page here, that um, Jesus says in John 13 that everyone will know you're my disciples if you love one another. So um, this exclusive claim to truth isn't an arrogance. Mm. It's a message of love, and that's what impels and compels mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, love itself uh, must never dethrone Truth, because my love, I suggest, my love for God in the scriptures is actually commanded. My love for people is predicated on my love for the, for the Lord God. And my love to, to God must become before my love for other people because it's my love for God that teaches me how I can best love others because 1 Corinthians 13 is a beautiful uh, revealed chapter that talks about love but it's that chapter that teaches me how I can love because scriptures teach me that I'm actually a, a, a sinful person and I actually don't know how to love in the way that God does love. And even that love has to be exclusive, as you've said, because love in this world means many different things that are, that are faulty, that are broken. Mm-hmm. The, the love that God has for us, that, that we mirror in a small way back, a very small way, is a completely different love and dedication than what we often see put out there in this world. Mm-hmm. No, these are, uh, these are really good thoughts. David, thank you so much. Uh, let's come to, uh, to one, one final uh, hymn. This is Meekness and Majesty. This is the Easter Hymns Band. Uh, I love uh, the message of uh, this particular hymn.
Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Pastor David Butcher. And David's the president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia. And this week we've been looking at Jesus. Did he really exist? Is he more than a great moral teacher? Did he really rise from the dead? And doesn't matter anyway. And then finally today, is Jesus the only way to salvation? David, we've got to start winding up. Uh, bring it all together for us. You know, does this belief that Jesus is the way to salvation help us understand why the Christian church has been so intentional in sending missionaries to share the gospel? You know, some today suggest that even that is inappropriate. Absolutely. It's getting harder, isn't it, with, with contemporary opinions. First John 5, verse 11 and 12. I've got three brief verses. Uh, it says here, And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. That's exclusive. Verse 12, He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. So if we don't have Jesus, we are lost eternally, forever. And then if we go to Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says there that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but he is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So Jesus is inclusive. He wants everyone to come to repentance, but he's saying, I'm going to come. I'm not going to delay too long. I'm going to come. And so then we have this gospel commission, and I like how it's put in Mark chapter 16, the very last verses there of Mark, and it says, and Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel. This is Christian ministry. Preach the gospel to every creature. Mm. It's inclusive. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. We're living in a black and white situation of life and death. Now, is it arrogance? When you're dealing with life and death, I mean, when someone says, jump off the Titanic, is it arrogant to say, jump into the water. Yeah, and is it arrogant to say this lifeboat is the only the only means of, of saving your life to yeah, jump into that? Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. So these aren't arrogant. They're exclusive because there is only one way. There is only one answer, and it's Jesus Christ. And that's the mission he's given us as a church, as Christians, to share that because it's life and death. Yeah, and, and that's the beautiful thing about truth. There is actually... According to the scriptures, you get this wonderful thing called truth actually being presented. It's presented as a, as a beautiful gift to mankind. A gift that's been revealed by the supernatural God to prophets and priests in, in past eras who've been able to write it down. This is not human knowledge that has been developed over eras, but rather a material that's been passed down from the supernatural God. And, when you sort of start to realize that, you realize that our God has actually given us a very beautiful gift. And any Christian church that dilutes biblical truth will become completely irrelevant. Yeah, and that is actually something that I suggest we're seeing today. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. David, would you pray for us, particularly for those who might be listening who have never possibly accepted Jesus Christ? Dear God, we just want to come before you um, as we've seen that Jesus is the only answer. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Life exists in him. And if we have Jesus, then we have life forevermore. If we don't have Jesus, if we don't accept Jesus, then there is no life. 
And so, God, wherever uh, we are at today, there might be some people listening that don't know how to give their heart to Jesus. I just pray, Lord, that they'll just talk to you as to a friend and, and ask for your help and say, God, please help me. Please save me. Come into my life. Forgive me for the wrong that I've done. I'm evil by nature. But you are the answer. Jesus, I pray that you'll come into our hearts and our lives through your Holy Spirit. We pray, Lord, that as, as followers of you, as Christians, that we will stand firm on revealed truth, the truth that is in your word, that we won't compromise truth, but we'll share that truth in complete love. May we be inclusive with your message, but may we realize that you're exclusive as the only solution to this world's dilemma, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time is up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary, Pastor David Butcher on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us next week as we ask, what is death? And the following week, how good was God when he created hell? Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you 